everyone. Today on Parenting News and the Culture War, we're going to talk about mass hysteria. Is there mass hysteria in the country? I think there is for two reasons. Also, Planned Parenthood is promoting sex among children as young as 11 and doing it in the schools. Definitely going to talk about that. Ron DeSantis is fighting a good fight. He has done something else awesome. My goodness, he is on every one of my episodes, isn't he? Almost. And Matt Walsh is part of my identity. I'm going to explain that later. He's actually kind of endorsed me. That's the way I choose to see it anyway, and I'll explain that. Then we have Dimwits and Darlings, and of course some YouTube comments from the last episode. So that's all coming right up. Before I get started, I just want to remind you, subscribe, please subscribe, that really helps me out. And anything you do actually to interact with my videos, like if you leave a comment, you push like, you push notifications, you subscribe, you share, any of those things help the algorithms for my videos, so please go ahead and do that if you want to support me. Alrighty, so first we're going to talk about mass hysteria. Uh, I was looking this up because I wanted to know what it meant because it seemed like that was happening. And when I looked it up, I was like, wow, this is exactly what's happening. Let me read to you what it says about mass hysteria. Um, looked this up on the internet, which you know is always true, right? Everything on the internet is true, obviously. So mass hysteria. In medicine, the term is used to describe the spontaneous manifestation, production of chemicals in the body, of the same or similar hysterical physical symptoms by more than one person. A common type of mass hysteria occurs when a group of people believe they are suffering from a similar disease or ailment, sometimes referred to as mass psychogenic illness or epidemic hysteria. So I thought, I need to look up what hysteria means. So just to be sure that I have this right. And this was really interesting. So the definition of hysteria a psychoneurosis marked by emotional excitability and disturbances of the psychogenic sensory vasomotor and visceral functions. Now, this was interesting. This is number two, um, the number two definition. Behavior exhibiting overwhelming or unmanageable fear or emotional excess. And now listen to the, you know how they have a definition and they always put it in a sentence? This is the sentence that they put it in, in the, I think this is the Merriam-Webster dictionary. The plague had caused mass hysteria in the village. Oh, how appropriate. I just thought uh, this pretty much describes the way things are happening in two areas, in my view, in the country. One is, of course, the covid epidemic. That pandemic, I guess we should call it. That is one of the things that I think was mass hysteria, and I'll explain that in a minute. And the other one is the transgenderism, or I call them trans pretenderism. That's the other one. These two things are, in my view, under the category of mass hysteria. Reason being, the definition being that it is exhibiting overwhelming or unmanageable fear or emotional excess. So I think that is absolutely true. 
it's also, it's like talking about when a whole bunch of people seem to feel like they have the same problem, which it says here. People believe they are suffering from a similar disease or ailment, sometimes referred to as mass psychogenic illness or epidemic hysteria. So when you look at the, the way that people have responded, and I should say the media and the government and a lot of the medical workers and all have responded to the COVID pandemic, what they've done is they've caused mass hysteria in my view. Because if you look at the statistics and the things that I looked up the other day, especially regarding children, uh, I think that was on my last episode, it, it's very clear that it doesn't make sense to do a lot of the things that were done and that continue to be done regarding the COVID problem. And an example would be doing things that don't make sense because you're hysterical over the worry and the fear of what it might be, what might happen to you or others. So like when I got on the plane to go to Florida with my daughter, first we're in the airport and we have to wear masks. Now think about that. The scientific evidence shows that these masks do not stop COVID. They mean they don't. It's an airborne virus. It goes through those masks unless you have a specific one, which people don't have. And so it doesn't stop them. So the masks, first of all, aren't, aren't doing what they're supposed to do. Secondly, we walk into the airport and we're supposed to social distance. But then when we get on the plane, we're packed like sardines in the plane, still wearing masks. None of that makes sense, but it doesn't matter because everyone is hysterical over the idea of what it might be. So therefore, that tells me something isn't right. People aren't thinking in logical ways about this virus. They just aren't. And But it's not just some people. It's not just a few people. It's a mass amount of people that are doing that. Additionally, think about the children and the way that I explained it last time and I gave all the statistics about how it, it just doesn't affect children mostly. Most of the time, there's no effects or very little effects, definitely not serious effects on children. Yet because of mass hysteria over it, they have the children wear masks. They have the children not go to school. If they don't, if they don't do one, they do the other or whatever. They either go to school with masks or they don't go to school at all. All of it is mass hysteria. There's no, it doesn't make sense, but everybody is in fear of uh, an ailment that everybody could get. So I believe that that is one of the ways that mass hysteria is happening or was happening and seems to be waning now finally. But you still see, you still walk around and see people wearing masks and, and you just want to say, why? I, I saw a, a video that someone was interviewing people and asking, have you been vaccinated? And they would say yes. And then why are you wearing a mask? Oh, it just makes me feel better. Or I'm just concerned for others or whatever. And it, that doesn't make sense. If you had it, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to be concerned about yourself or others. If you look at the science of that. So again, it, it doesn't make sense. The other thing is the trans pretendism or transgenderism. It's, it's that if you think about before when this wasn't a thing, um, 
when I say a thing, that doesn't mean I believe it's true. It's just that it's a thing that people talk about and that people, because it's being talked about so much, begin to start doing or bringing into their life. So transgenderism is something that is suggested and people see other people doing it and think, I wonder if that applies to me. And then they start thinking about it and think it does apply to them. And then they start doing it. And then someone else sees that. And it's just all of a sudden, it's just woo. everybody seems to have this problem. Where before, when it wasn't a thing, very few people had gender dysphoria. Now you see more and more and more people have it. Why is that? That's like a, a, another definition of mass hysteria. It's like masses amount, mass amounts of people are starting to believe they have this ailment and this problem. And it is a problem. It's a mental problem. That's what it is. And if you would have heard the comments from, I believe it was my first episode of this, that young girl who explained she had a problem with this, her brother might have a problem with some of this kind of gender problems, her sister, her friend, her boyfriend, who she's only like 12 going on 13, who now does. All these people around her have these problems. Now, don't you think it's rather unusual, if you think about it, for someone to be in a position where they have something that is very rare or they have a problem in an area that's very rare and then all of a sudden everybody around them starts having the same problem? or maybe everybody around them had the same problem and then they do. It's the same sort of thing. This is mass hysteria going on. And I hope people will start to recognize that and explain to their children how when they see somebody that has these kinds of issues, doesn't mean that the first that it's real, some of that is just, again, they're just thinking other people do and they start thinking that way. And two, they need to be sure and know what's right and wrong. So as parents, we need to be sure and explain that. But you have to be careful for age appropriateness, obviously, when you talk about the transgenderism thing. But I think it would be good, too, to explain to your children about COVID and the truth about it and that they shouldn't be afraid because there's a lot of fear out there. So let's do that with our kids. Okay, next I'm going to talk about Ron DeSantis again. My goodness. This guy, he just keeps impressing me one time after another. He had three bills in Florida that were about the schools and the curriculum. And so we're just going to listen to a clip from him talking about that right here. So today we have three bills. Um, the first bill I'll sign is House Bill 5. It does a number of uh, really important things. One, it uh, has the Department of Education. It tasks them with developing and approving uh, an integrated civics curriculum. Uh, it's very important that students graduate high school with uh, a key knowledge of, of, of certain key principles and facts. And I think that that civics curriculum can really provide a guide to how that should be done. Uh, the bill also expands our previous efforts in civics to add a requirement for the high school government class that um, students receive instruction on the evils of communism and totalitarian ideologies. Uh, we have uh, a number of people in, in Florida, particularly Southern Florida, who've escaped uh, totalitarian regimes, who've escaped communist dictatorships um, to be able to come to America. Uh, we want all students to understand the difference. Why would somebody flee uh, across 
shark-infested water, say, leaving from Cuba to come to southern Florida? Uh, why would somebody leave a place like Vietnam? Why would people leave these countries uh, and risk their life to be able to come here? It's important that students understand that. Now, as part of this bill, Florida will create a portraits and patriotism library so students can learn about real patriots who came to this country after seeing the horrors of these communist regimes. I'm also going to be signing Senate Bill 1108. The bill bridges civics education between our high schools and post-secondary institutions by requiring state college and state university students to take both a civic literacy course and a civic literacy assessment as a graduation requirement. Currently, students are only required to do one. The bill also expands character development curriculum for high school juniors and seniors and includes instructions on how to vote. Finally, I'm signing House Bill 233. The bill requires colleges and universities to conduct annual assessments on the intellectual freedom and viewpoint diversity uh, at these institutions. It used to be thought that a university campus was a place where you'd be exposed to a lot of different ideas. Unfortunately, now the norm is really these are more intellectually repressive environments. You have orthodoxies that are promoted uh, and other viewpoints are shunned or even suppressed. We don't want that in Florida. Uh, you need to have a true contest of ideas. Students should not be shielded uh, from, from ideas and we want robust First Amendment speech on our college and university campuses. Isn't that awesome? Ron DeSantis is going to make sure that children in Florida understand that communism is a bad thing. I think that's awesome. Plus he's done the other two bills. It's just, he's just great. I'm going to stamp him a culture warrior. Next, we're gonna talk about Planned Parenthood. They are such an evil organization. If you don't know that, I suggest you look up some more things about their history and what they promote. But what we're going to talk about today is how they're promoting sex to children as young as 11 and also sadomasochism. And it's just disgusting. It really is. They're also covering up for child abuse. So I want to read an article here. Let me see where I put that. It is an article, Parents Enraged. As Planned Parenthood School Flyer Promotes Sex to 11-Year-Olds. So this is Parents in Tacoma, Washington. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read part of this. Let's see. The flyer that was distributed to these children as young as 11, it reads, It is not a crime if you are 11 and have sex with somebody two years older or less. 12 to 13 and have sex with somebody who is three years older or less. 14 or 15 have sex with somebody who is four years older or less. If you are 14 years old and older, you do not need permission from your parent or guardian to get treated for SDT, STDs or HIV or to get treatment. You are allowed to get a prescription for birth control without your parent or guardian's permission. So parent, Planned Parenthood is just putting that information into the children's heads. How much do you think, how much do you think they get from taxpayers? Millions of dollars. Your money and mine is going to Planned Parenthood. It's, it's disgusting. Abortion. This is another thing on the flyer. You do not need to get permission from your parent or guardian at any age, it says. 
The flyer also explains how students could obtain condoms at any age and Plan B explaining that they didn't need their parents' permission for that either. The only sexual behavior discouraged on the flyer was sexting, like texting, which Planned Parenthood noted is illegal in Washington. So they can have sex as early as 11 years old with other young teenagers or anyone at once they get to a certain age. And the only thing that you should watch out for is texting sexual messages to somebody. It's okay to have sex and get birth control. And if you get HIV or you get STDs, don't worry. You don't have to tell your parents about that. We can take care of that for you. And if you get pregnant, you could just have an abortion and we'll do that for you too. That's what Planned Parenthood is telling children. It is absolutely disgusting. And parents are outraged when they find that their 11-year-olds were given these flyers. And of course they are. Now, parents in Tacoma, Washington are reportedly furious after Planned Parenthood flyer promoting sex among preteen children was distributed at Stewart Middle School. Now, Eric Hogan, assistant director of secondary education at Tacoma Public Schools, told the Post Millennium that the flyer was only distributed to students at Stewart Middle School and apologized for the mistake. Previously, Planned Parenthood taught within our schools and supplied the flyer, which was distributed to students. His statement read, we discovered a binder of curriculum materials was left behind for an incoming teacher to use this year, and the flyer was in the binder. Not realizing the flyer wasn't approved material, the teacher sent it home with students. Corrective action has been taken with the employee. Okay, why do you have a, a Planned Parenthood coming into your school at all if they would have a flyer that says this to children? Why? This is another reason I'm saying you need to watch out for what is going on with your children in the schools. And if you have any way to send them either to a private parochial school that you can have a lot of influence with, or you can homeschool them, or find an online school where you can monitor things going on, you need to be really, really careful about what your children are being told and taught because this is just disgusting. Copies of the flyer were posted on social media and the information was beyond disturbing, you think? Yeah, it was. Under the title, Age of Minority and Consent for Sex, students were told it's not a crime. So here's the thing. Planned Parenthood is a disgusting, and evil organization. And if you don't know that yet, I hope that you now do know that. And you can look it up yourself and find more things about it. It's just, it's just completely wrong. So I wanted to show this video. This one is going to talk a little bit about some of the things that go on at Planned Parenthood. And I want you to notice the word consensual when you're when you're listening to this video because of what we talked about last time and the word consent, or maybe it was two episodes ago. So listen to this. For some, the world of ropes and paddles. Some people like pain with sex. And high-priced kink classes. Um, I wouldn't say abuse because it's consensual are changing the definition of romance. Are you ready to have sex? One of the indicators that you're ready to have sex is because you want to. 
The motto at Planned Parenthood seems to be sex with no strings attached. Teens are told that they can have sex whenever, however, and with whomever, as long as it's contraceptive. In the name of safer sex, the business receives around $500 million in taxpayer funding for its programs every year, including those targeted at teens. And under Obamacare, every year another $75 million will be spent on so-called teen sex education, with undisclosed figures already designated to Planned Parenthood. But does Planned Parenthood's sexual agenda actually endanger our kids? This is my sexuality blog series that I'm doing in partnership with Planned Parenthood of Northern New England. Today I want to talk about what BDSM is. BDSM stands for Bondage and Discipline, Domination and Submission, Sadism and Masochism. Sadism and Masochism refer to people's relationship with pain. Sadists like to inflict pain and masochists like to receive. Using a yes-no maybe chart can be helpful to identify where each of you stands. People across the spectrum with very various backgrounds participate in BDSM. In previous undercover investigations, Live Action exposed Planned Parenthood's nationwide cover-up of child sexual abuse and child sex trafficking. It's very funny. I don't care how old he is. You might be 30. Okay. I didn't hear the age. I don't want to know the age. It could be reported as rape. We're involved in sex work, all right? Some of them are young, they're kind of like, some are like 15, 14. We never got this from me. This would make all of our lives easier. Okay. If they're 14 yeah. and under, yeah. just send them right there if they need an abortion, <laughs> okay? In a new undercover investigation, live action discovers just how far Planned Parenthood will go in pursuit of its dangerous sexual ideology. You look like you're how old? Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. Have you guys ever gone to a sex shop together? Mm -hmm. People have different types of fetishes. Kinky, so. sex, dominatrix stuff. It's, uh -huh. it's very popular. The dominatrix. Okay. Some people uh, like pain with sex. Put the handcuffs in the room. Really? Using toys, handcuffs. Some whipping or, you know, some oh. asphyxiation. Some people like being spanked or hit. Oh, really? Or whipped. You can gag them, whip them. They're spanked with the whip. Welts across the back. And maybe some blood. Patients will sometimes come in with rope burns or um, markings on their breasts from, like, clamps. Oh, okay. 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 If it's consensual, mm -hmm. it's okay. It's okay. Bondage type thing. If you're gagged or something, you, you know, you're tied to a bed or tied to a tree. Or, it just depends what type of pain you can take. It's totally okay. It'll feel good to you. There are so many disturbing things. This isn't the whole video that I'm showing. There are so many disturbing things in it, but I wanted you to notice the consent, the word consensual. I talked to you about that in the first episode and how that is used to justify any kind of action as long as the two people doing it are okay with it. So you can choke people, you can gag people, you can whip people, you can, what as long as they're okay with it, as long as you're okay with it, then it's good and it's fine and it's okay. That's what they're saying. Even when people come in with injuries, well, it wasn't a crime because they consented. This consent thing, this word being used with children is not right when it's used in that context.
Just because two people consent to do something doesn't mean what they're doing is okay. And that your children need to know. They also need to know to be able to stand up for themselves and others and be able to say no to a group when the group is wanting to do something wrong. Because just because all of them consent doesn't mean it's okay. So that's something I would really suggest you talk to your children about. Alrighty, so next we're going to talk about Matt Walsh. So he has actually endorsed the Mommy Answer Lady in a way, sort of. Why don't you listen to this and I'll show you what I mean. But when I see the advice ones, it only solidifies my belief that you should have to state your credentials before giving parenting advice. And I don't believe in this kind of credentialism thing in most situations, but for parenting, there should be a law in place. And if I was in charge, there would be a law that you have to say at a minimum how many kids you have and how long you've been a parent and whether any of your kids are currently in prison before you give any advice at all. I'm eight years in, four kids, and I'm barely qualified to give advice. I'm only qualified at most to point out the bad advice when I see it. So as you can see, I am endorsed by Matt Walsh along with thousands of other people, but that's beside the point. I like to look on the positive side. You can tell by everything I say, I like to look on the positive side. And Matt Walsh has said, if you say how many children you have, I have nine, and I've said that before. If you state how long you've been a parent, I've been a parent for 35 years. I think that's a good number. And if none of your children are in jail, none of my children are in jail. So therefore, I can give parenting advice and Matt Walsh endorses me. I'm so glad. I wanted to say thank you to Matt Walsh for that endorsement. And now I identify as a parenting advisor endorsed by Matt Walsh. That's my new identity. Thank you, Matt, for that. Next is Dimwits and Darlings. This first one is a dimwit parent who is confusing her child with questions about her gender. And I'm just going to let you watch it and then we'll talk about it. You a boy or you a girl? talking about mass hysteria, I was talking about how one person thinks something and then they say it and then it spreads and spreads and spreads and more people believe it to be their problem. It's similar to when someone makes a suggestion, especially in the mind of a child. This woman isn't telling her daughter, you're a girl, be happy with that. And then just going on with that and giving her a sense of reality and truth about her life. Instead, she's leaving her completely abandoned. She's abandoning her is what she's doing by asking her these questions and leaving her to figure all of that out herself, especially in this world where it's not going to be easy for her to do that because she's put confusing messages are coming at her all the time. So, she, But she can't look to her mom and her mom just tell her the truth. No, her mom's just going to say, well, what do you think? This is not good parenting. This is completely dimwit parenting. So I stamp her a dimwit parent. 
Unfortunately, I don't have a picture of this woman. So I had to put the dim white parent kind of on the side there because um, she's not on the camera. Um, next is the darling parents. Um, this is a couple of parents that I'm going to put on here today because they saw that there was a problem going on with their child and they did whatever it took to figure out what it was and take care of it. Let's watch. What do I say? Tumas Valerio says his daughter used to love school, but after they moved to Spring Hill, that all changed. After the first day, a daughter came home crying, but we got her to, to tell us that the teacher was mean and she was very loud. Weeks and weeks passed, every single day was the same. Came home crying every morning, she would cry that she had to go to school. He says after confirming with the sheriff's office it was perfectly legal, his wife hid a tiny recording device in his daughter's hair to find out what was happening. You know, maybe it wasn't the teacher, maybe other kids were bullying her, maybe there was something that nobody knew about. And what they captured in a six hour period shocked them. Stop, stop, stop talking! entire time that she's in class, the teacher's just yelling and screaming at these children. And it's not just that she's loud, she's like a bully to them. I have 11 ones and one one? No, that's wrong. Did you actually listen? No. Obviously, you don't understand it. Valerio says he took the recordings to the principal who would not listen to them. We reached out to the school district to find out what they were doing about the situation. They gave us a statement that says, in part, the school administration conducted their investigation and the teacher was disciplined in accordance with our school board policy and procedures. The principal has been in contact with the parents multiple times and has offered several solutions, including to change the child's teacher. But Valerio says he doesn't want his daughter at that school as long as the teacher is still there. You, know, you just don't treat children like that. If that's the way you feel and the way you have to act, this is not the job for you. So this first one was a father who really understood something was going on in the classroom and he couldn't figure out what it might be other than what his child was saying was the teacher's mean. Well, what does that mean? He didn't really know how to get that out of her. So by putting the recording in her hair, he actually was able to see what is going on. And if you think about it, he was smart enough to do it and he didn't actually tell her that that was going on. He didn't tell her that there was a recording in her hair. And I think to myself, who would want to go in a classroom where the teacher is yelling all day? Who would want to do that every day? Get up in the morning and know you have to go in the classroom and the teacher is going to be yelling at you and others all day. How sad would that be? The, t the fact that the school was not immediately alarmed and did something immediately to change the situation, because this is obviously the teacher's demeanor. I'm not saying she's an evil person. She just is, this isn't the job for her. Like the father said, I, I believe he said that in that clip. This just isn't the job for her. And certainly is, is stressful and awful for all the children in the classroom. So the next one, let's look at that. And now to an ABC7 exclusive. A hidden recording device in a special education classroom raises alarming questions about what went on at an elementary school in Berkeley County, West Virginia. Now, before we even play these, we want to warn you what you're about to hear is disturbing. Here's seven on your side, iTeam reporter Scott Taylor. Got a backhand you right in your teeth. How's that for anxiety? According to parents, that's a secret recording of an instructor talking to kids inside a special education class at Berkeley Heights Elementary School in Martinsburg, West Virginia. 
Amber Pack sent her eight-year-old daughter to class with a recording device after the child didn't want to go back to school. I'll punch you in your face. A different instructor in the same class. Well, you gotta go pee pee? Pee pee? Or do you not have to go pee pee and you just wanna go across the chair? There's more. I'm gonna pull your hair until you stop crying. Don't throw it. Don't throw. Animal, you. Yep. You winch. You're like a pygmy. You're like a pygmy pygmy. The next day, Pack alerted the school district and the Martinsburg Police Department. Do you think this has been going on for a while? Yes. Mm -hmm. That was the first day I put the recorder in her hair. One day you caught all One this. day. Mm -hmm. Eight hours. You can hear the instructors sometimes singing songs and reading stories to students and other times. How your tears dry up so quickly, crocodile. And then she wants to destroy everything in sight. I'm going to knock you out. I couldn't eat for three days. I was so, my stomach, everything, I was just so upset. And every time I looked at her, I'd start crying. What is this? Casey Murphy, whose six-year-old son Owen is in the same class, says during a late October parents-teachers conference, nobody alerted her to the recording, even though PAC had already handed it over to the school district. I've never heard from the principal, never heard from the superintendent, never heard from any of them. It wasn't until November, after PAC posted a clip of the recording on Facebook, that Murphy became aware of it. I'm gonna beat your butt. For sure. You know, and you're gonna get one just, just cause. It's sickening. Like people don't even talk to animals like that and they're talking to nonverbal children who don't understand why they're talking to them like that. They're not doing anything wrong. On the recording, the instructors tease and refuse to give Owen food. This one was so disturbing that I really had a hard time listening to it. I started to listen to it and then I thought, I know I'm going to feature it, but I can't listen to it right now because I don't want to hear all of it because it was just so disturbing to me. But if you think about it, you really don't know what's going on with your children out when they're outside of your care. You just don't. And so if you see any signs that there's something going on that's causing them to be stressed, that they don't want to go to school on a regular basis, maybe not just once or twice uh, over a year or two period, because there might be a test they're worried about or something like that. And it certainly you still want to find out what it is. But if it's day after day, you have to figure out a way to find out what's going on, or you have to pull them out of the school. Pulling a child out of the school isn't something to be so worried about. I know a lot of parents are worried that if they take their child out of school, what are they gonna do? I know a lot of parents are worried that homeschooling is, is just gonna be too difficult. It really isn't that difficult. I do have some videos on that if, if you're interested in looking. But the point is, these parents were awesome. They saw there was a problem, they did what it took to take care of it and find out what they needed to do. I stamp them absolutely darling parents. So now we're gonna to get to the YouTube comments. Let me look them up here. Um, there was a woman who asked for some help, I believe. I have to get my glasses on for this again. She said, hey, I need help. 
My son is two year old, two years old. Recently, I gave birth to baby number two. My son became very naughty and rebellious, yelling, biting, behaving, provoking, not doing what I say, protesting. I tried different methods, but I'm oh, sorry, but he is doing the same naughty things every day. Can you advise me? Well, what I said to her was there's a lot going on in this question because it's not just one thing that's going on. It's a whole bunch of different things. But obviously, if it just started with baby number two, the problem is that the child is feeling neglected, maybe feeling they're not number one anymore, which they used to be. And that can happen sometimes. But one of the first things to do is to be sure that you're doing eye to eye time. Eye-to-eye time is five to 10 minutes every morning and evening or afternoon or evening of just completely uninterrupted time with your child. You are focusing completely on them. You turn off your TV, your phone, internet, anything. Turn off everything and just focus on your child and let them talk to you. Now, this child is two years old, so I'm not sure how much talking is going to be done, but at least focusing completely on them and allowing them to have interaction in that way. That will change things really quickly. If that hasn't been done and you're having behavior problems, if you start doing that, you're going to see a change. Now, this five to 10 minutes isn't for reprimanding. So if you have to sit them down and talk to them about something, this isn't the time to do that. So the five to 10 minutes is a time to just talk back and forth. So that's one of the first things that I would suggest that she do. But also on this channel, on the YouTube channel, the Rumble channel, whatever, uh, the podcast, there's a lot of step-by-step instructional videos for each of these behaviors. So she's saying there's biting and there's talking back basically or protesting or whatever and things like that. So if you go to the YouTube channel, there's a whole lot of videos that have titles that tell you what they're about. And most of them are step-by-step instructional videos to tell you what to do about those particular behaviors. So I would suggest that. But then the other thing, of course, I suggest is that you get my book, How to Train Your Child to Behave, The Ultimate Guide to Transforming a Child's Behavior, and that's by Holly McLean. So you want to look for that on Amazon. There is a link in the description below of this video and all the other videos that I have on the channel. So that would be the other thing I would suggest. Um, If you hear some kind of background, there's a lot of rain going on outside. So (laughs) that might be what you're hearing. Okay, so let's see. The next one is, I love the kids with the lemonade stand. My boys wanted to get set up a toys for sale stand and earn some money. We had awesome neighbors who purchased their toys and Gatorade that were available. The boys spent two or three hours outside waving at passers-by and they loved it. So that's referring to one of the darling parents that I featured. Thank you, Sarah, for that. She also says, DeSantis, can you come be governor in Missouri? I have to agree with her on that one for sure. That would be awesome. So here's the last one I'm gonna feature here. This is uh, from Felicia Sparkman. I live in the deep south where you, where you are looked down on for every unchristian act you pursue. Even with that, I have never seen anything so sad. So she's talking about my video. Wow, she hasn't seen very many sad things if this was the saddest thing she's seen. Parents, we can win this? Good catchphrase, bad delivery. There are LGBTQ plus That's how you say it, not alphabet people. Alphabet people is a lot easier to say than that. But parents who have to explain to their children why mean things are said about their mommies and why other parents won't let their kids come to birthday parties. I'm going to read the rest of it, but I wanted to address that. 
Um, first of all, mean things are different than saying something is wrong. So if you're saying something is wrong, this is wrong, I don't believe this is right, or this is untrue, that's not mean. Okay, mean is saying you're an awful person. Mean is saying you're evil and nasty and I hate you. Those are mean things. Saying I disagree with your lifestyle, what you're doing is wrong, that's not mean. You don't understand the word mean, obviously, because that's not what that's not the definition of the word. Um, the other thing about saying to the child about a birthday party or whatever, you have to recognize that people have convictions and they want to teach their children to live under the convictions that they have. So they're not going to send their child to a birthday party in a home that is a lifestyle that they're against, that they believe is wrong. They're going to do that. I feel sad for the child that's in that situation where their parents are maybe two moms or two dads or something like that, which isn't really possible. There's one mom and one dad. So there's a mom and then somebody else maybe, or a dad and somebody else, um, or whatever the, whatever the case may be. You know, there may be trans pretenderisms or whatever. I don't know. But I feel sad for the child because the child's put in a position where there's going to be a lot of people who are going to say, you know, though you're a sweet child, you can't have my child go over to your house. They're not going to say that to the child, but that's, that's how they're going to feel inside and, and obviously how they're going to act because they don't want to normalize something that they believe is wrong. And I'm the same way. Fortunately, I don't have that concern because my children are older and we haven't had that. We have our children going and having friends with a lot of people that mostly we would believe the same way about things. And that makes it a lot easier. But if you have your children going to public school, you really don't have a lot of control about who's going to be their friends and who they're going to hang out with and things. You have to be a little bit more careful about that. But it's not that we think anything mean of anyone. There's no meanness going on. There's disagreement with lifestyle. And certainly I would think that if you believe that transgenderism is a thing and real and true and people have this condition, which they do mentally, they have a mental condition. But if you believe that's okay, or if you believe that two men living together as a married couple would, or two women living together in that way, if you believe that's okay, and you have children in your home and you live that way, you may not understand. But if you think about sending your child into a home that's going to say that's wrong, that that's what that other family is going to believe and say to your child, you might have the same thing where you're like, ah, I don't know if I want, I don't know if I want my children to go over there and hear that and believe that and see that. You might. I think that would be unfortunate and sad, but uh, because of the way I believe, right? Um, but you might at least understand where the other person is coming from, the parents. Parents, if you have certain convictions, don't be afraid to protect your children against the things that you think are wrong. Your children are your priority, not the other child and their family. That's not your priority. You hope to help them in some ways if you can, but your children are your first priority, so you have to do what's best for them. So. So thank you all for joining me today on Parenting News in the Culture War. I hope to see you next time. Please remember to subscribe. Don't forget my book, How to Train Your Child to Behave. And 
parents, I just want to say, we can win this. See you next time.